listener production. We begin today by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording this podcast today, and pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Welcome, this is Black Matters. It's a podcast that's about First Nation matters and most importantly, why they matter. My name is MC from the Hit Radio Network. Joining me is Land's Right Lawyer, First Nations Advocate, Wiradjuri and Walwan Woman, and most importantly, friend of... 25. That long? I know, we're so old. 25 years-ish, Teela Reid. Yama, I'm Teela Reid. I am a proud Wiradjuri and Walwan Woman lawyer and, yeah, just all around good girl. Depends on who you speak to. <laughs> what I thought we could talk about on today's episode is what just happened at the start of this podcast, which is an acknowledgement of country, something that I think is becoming more and more common in 2023. We're seeing it at events, sporting matches, pretty much the opening of an envelope these days. There's an acknowledgement of country. I thought we could talk about why we're seeing it, what it actually is, how it started, where it's come from. And I suppose if you think it's a good idea that we're starting to see it happen more and more. So an acknowledgement of country is done by anyone but a traditional owner or person from that First Nations land. So for example... I'm Wiradjuri, I am Walwan here on Gadigal land, I am a visitor to this land. Okay. So I acknowledge country just like you should. So it's pretty much if you are visiting on that country, you're acknowledging that you are on this country, whereas a welcome is done by an elder or by anyone that is from that country? Yeah, so a welcome can be done with anyone with authority from that First Nations country. So when I go back home to Wiradjuri country, I can welcome people to Wiradjuri country. This is quite an ancient process. So prior to colonisation, a welcome to country would have been conducted when different First Nations were travelling through other nations and an acknowledgement of country would have been a symbol of respect Mm -hmm. for the other First Nations land that you are walking through or visiting on. Imagine the map of this continent where it has all the many different First Nations. And there are plenty. For those that have never looked at a map, Google it, look at the map of Australia and all of the different... Look at the land that we now call Australia and all of the different nations because there are... Hundreds? There are over 250 First Nations. And then there are a different number of dialects, for example. But, yeah, there are many different unceded First Nations lands. And that map that you speak about, which is, I hope people are Googling it now, you can bring up the amazing, I love the continent of where we live. The symbol of it is so powerful. The biggest island continent in the world. World. Can I ask a question? Side note, you said so-called Australia. What do you call it? I still think it's really important for each and every one of us to first and foremost acknowledge the First Nations. Mm -hmm. And the First Nations that we are on right now as we record this podcast is the beautiful lands, waters and skies of the unceded nation of the Gadigal peoples. So the country as a whole, as we call it Australia, is irrelevant. It's more the nation that we're on in that very moment, which is more important. Yeah, and I think that's the first nation that we need to be acknowledging. You think about this as well. 
If people are imagining that amazing map of all the different kind of rainbow colours of the First Nations, Mm -hmm. then think about the different states and territories that so-called Australia has drawn lines through this continent so artificially. And I think that really reflects such an artificial way in which Australia is claimed to be this land. So lots of the different First Nations, for example, their borders are marked by the landscape. That's what I was going to ask. Rivers, forests, mountain ranges. Yeah, and their stories and song lines relate to those, the landscape and how that interacts with the sky, the waterways. So you won't find direct straight lines, for example, with a First Nation because some borders were shared. Some parts of the nation were where there were welcomes or acknowledgements done. So much part of the way in which First Nations identify themselves relates specifically back to the landscape, which is very different so from Australia. these welcome to countries, this custom has been happening for thousands upon thousands of years. Was it essentially almost, it's kind of like a thanks for having us, we come in peace, we feel blessed to be on your country, essentially, so that yeah, there weren't was, any dramas caused. And it was a respect for the land. Yep. The First Nations peoples see ourselves as a part of the land. An not extension of the land. An extension of the land. Not ownership or anything like non-Indigenous Australia mm-hmm. sometimes identifies Owning, with the lots possessing. of land or mortgages <laughs> or like the way in which we allot property, for example. And I just think it's it's really important for listeners to imagine that. The different kind, like this beautiful continent we live on, the many different First Nations, and then the way in which so-called Australia has come and slapped on to the nation, these states and territories with its artificial borders. I think that tells of two very different stories of our amazing nation. And there's a lot to learn in that. Are, are they, is there sort of like an overarching framework for an acknowledgement slash welcome to country? Or is it a nation by nation case? Or is there like a framework, say, for example, if someone wants to do one, can they go somewhere? Is there a right way to do it? And is it the same for everything? You're just swapping out the people and the nation you're on at the time? Well, I think it's just really important to not overcomplicate this really ancient and amazing process. These were Acknowledgements and welcomes were ancient protocols done prior to colonisation, invaded the continent, and for many decades it was not allowed. When we were kids going to school... Mm-hmm. Don't remember it happening at all. Yeah. Even in, you know, like when we would... We were lucky, I guess probably different to a lot of schools in central West New South Wales. NAIDOC week was a thing every year on the calendar, but I don't even think on significant events like that, there was an acknowledgement of country. No. Looking back. So that's only, what, 15? Don't age me. Don't age us. Don't age But, yeah, it's a while. Recent history. So it's very recent. So over the time that we have gone through school as millennials, come out into the profession, this now practice of acknowledgements and welcomes have been, I think, more spoken about. What changed? 
different advocacy, particularly yep. within the education system. The okay. Ab- Aboriginal Education Consultative Groups were quite transformative in advising lobbying education systems about the importance of bringing back these protocols. And so, you know, over time, people have listened and we've began to practice and embed them. And I want to, I really want to emphasize this point. Everyone has an obligation to acknowledge country because when you acknowledge country, you have the absolute privilege of not just speaking to that First Nations land that you're on, but you also have such an amazing privilege to speak to those First Nations ancestors. And that is an extraordinary gift. And so back to your question around framework or model, there's no real precise words you need to use, but I do think it's important everyday Australians, when they are acknowledging the First Nations land, they acknowledge that First Nation had never ceded sovereignty. As it just Because exp- there will be, I'm sure that there are those that don't, because that's this is a phrase that we do hear more and more. What does that actually mean? I know we're dumbing it completely down, but what does sovereignty never ceded essentially mean? Sovereignty never ceded means that the First Nations have never relinquished their rights to their lands and waterways. And more importantly, there was never consent to come with complete disregard and create a nation acting like we are not here. So I guess the power of acknowledgement of country is that you're looking beyond that and understanding that this land has been here for a very long time before those boats arrived in Botany Bay. Yeah, and it's not a threat to anyone. It's something that should be really embraced and people shouldn't have to wait for an event or something formal or be in a boardroom to do it. You can wake up go down to the beach, look at the sunrise and acknowledge country there, or you can go to your park and sit under a particular tree. Yeah. Just you with your thoughts. So in 2023, we now see acknowledgements of country everywhere. Like we're privileged enough to go to lots of events and they're at the beginning of every single thing. I do them whether it's a charity event, a sporting event. Even now, if you go to your local Coles, if you print off your receipt, at the bottom of the Coles receipt, it'll have acknowledgement of country. On websites, it's there. Is this a corporate Australia ticking a box to make, so they're all patting on the back, yeah, we're doing something, we're doing something. Is it that or is it, even if it is that, is it a good thing? I think it's a a really good starting point to learn the ways in which we ought to respect the First Nations land. And it's, you know, many Australians are at different points in learning about this, given that the education system has robbed us for so long. You think about not just those kinds of moments, but these days, you know, you can fly on a plane and land and it comes down and suddenly the captain is acknowledging the traditional owners. Yep. So I think it is an important starting point, but I think it also should be a moment of reflection that actually those words need to be mobilised into action um, because there's lots of serious, I think, conversations we need to have as a nation to address these fundamental issues about Australia coming and not seeking the consent of the First Nations before it arrived. So you don't necessarily look at it, for example, the Qantas pilot as he lands in whatever airport as tokenism because hopefully, even if it is tokenism, it's sparking something in someone which is advancing this cause. Well, I think there is power in symbolism 
as long as people are willing to move it from the symbolic moment to a real action in their everyday lives, talking then to your children about the importance of the First Nations and continuing these conversations on practical levels. Okay, if I'm going to fly into Sydney and land in Gadigal land or if I'm flying to Adelaide and landing on Ghana country or wherever that might be in this nation, take the next step to learn about that First Nation. So I think I know what your answer will be to this next question. If you are a an organisation, if you're a group, if you're a business owner, if you're a sporting club and you're considering doing an acknowledgement of country, it's a great idea to do one whenever the opportunity arises, as you said before, even if it's you sitting under a shady tree, looking out over the whatever's in front of you, it's a good idea to do it, but understand why you're doing it. Yeah, and also you don't be afraid to stuff it up. You know, I think the process of willing to learn through these moments. I stuff them up and I do them at the start of every single episode that we do. Yeah, but you still need to learn. Yeah, along the way and we keep having these conversations and I think that is where the real work is done because it doesn't, we don't grow if we don't give these things a go. And while we're seeing these acknowledgements of country around the nation, I should also say you have explained how lots of it is in the corporate space. I think we shouldn't lose sight of how that has played an important role in who we are as a nation because often the conversations that happen in these spaces are way ahead of the politics. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have, as a nation, played an important role as the people in holding the political system to account when it comes to making sure we understand the First Nations have never ceded sovereignty. So if there is someone listening and they have something coming up and they'd really like to do an acknowledgement of country, is there somewhere, I know you said there doesn't have to be a script necessarily, but if someone just wants to make sure they get it right, is there somewhere they can go? Is there something that they can say to make sure it is authentic and meaningful? Some practical tips, I think, make a very big impact First and foremost, as a non-Indigenous person, it's really important you understand your story with the land, that you're taking a moment to stop and reflect and go, okay, I'm here in this time and place, but what about the impact of that on the First Nation? You know, lots of people go, what does it mean for First Nations? Well, it actually has to mean something to non-Indigenous Australians Mm -hmm. as well. I also think, secondly, it is powerful to reiterate that First Nation sovereignty has never been ceded and that the nation was taken without the consent of the First Nations. These are fundamental points of conversation that our political process is still yet to catch up with. But I think there is absolutely power in people starting these conversations and making it relevant to their context, the nation and their own story and relationship with the First Nations. Be willing to be open-minded and learn. And this might be something you've never done in your life, but you should take the first step. And ultimately, when you're doing your acknowledgement of country, like we're, we're pretty damn lucky to be here. We are blessed to be on this country. I think that's an important thing to remember. Now we like to finish every single episode with a word of the week because I think it's a good opportunity to learn some First Nations language because it's not something we really hear or get taught as much as we probably should. This week's word, what is it? This week's word, oh Don't be my nervous, God. don't be nervous. No, Unless I'm Unless you're excited. about to swear at me in Wiradjuri. No, I'm going to, no, this week's word is, it's tida. Yeah. Which is, for those playing at home, 
the name of your new puppy? The name of my new Titter. fur baby. Shout out to Titter. I know she's a big fan of the podcast. Absolutely. She's our new mascot, Titter, in, you know, in broad terms. It doesn't relate necessarily to a specific First Nation, but lots of First Nations sisters, girls, we call ourselves Titters, you know. Ha- it's the ha- sisterhood. It's the Titterhood. All right, there you go. There's one to use, Titterhood. We'll see you next time on Black Matters. Yalu. Oh, oh.